this morning is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 6, from verse 6 to 19. 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 19. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and holy ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is to, so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Amen. The next voice we're going to hear is our brother, Reverend Kingsley Kweisi. That sermon theme is giving for God's mission. Amen. All right. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. On behalf of the senior pastor, Reverend Dr. Fred Debe, I bring you greetings and thank you, Reverend Dr. Joseph James, our acting senior pastor, for the opportunity to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. We want to reflect on God's word this morning about mission, giving for God's mission. And will you please bow your head with me? Lord, we thank you this morning for the privilege of bringing your word. I submit myself to your authority. Holy Spirit, I ask that you bring understanding to us. It's my prayer that, Lord, you help us to deal with distractions, things that distract us from hearing and understanding your word. And, Lord, it's my desire that we'll be transformed to live like Christ. Think more of eternity than today. And to give ourselves fully to the mission of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Greetings also from Shiashi. Amen. amen. 
Thank you that you made it. Can you put your hands together? You made it to church. In spite of the rains, you were not stopped. You were not stopped. You could have stayed out and enjoyed the coolness of the morning in the comfort of your home, but you made it. And I thank God that you made it here. Thank you so much for coming to church. And for all our friends who did not come, we're encouraging you to, you know, rise above the weather, rise above the rain. It's going to be a lot of rain in the coming days, and we cannot use the rain as an excuse not to come to worship. So this morning, I have a task, and uh, preacher, let, let's go. I can always do, I start, talk about, the theme for the year is shining. So our sermon, it's all about shining, and uh, today, I will talk about giving for God's mission as a way of shining. And I, I will connect the dots quickly. And I will also deal with uh, the subject of what I call the mission of the church. And today I will spend most time on God's mission. But let's start with the mission of Calvary Baptist Church. I said I simplify it into three C's. That the first and foremost that you, we come to celebrate every Sunday while we gather together. And that we also grow towards Christian maturity by connecting in a small group, in auxiliaries, in ministries. And then we reach out to the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ by contributing our time, our talent, our treasures, by serving in different ministries, both within and outside the church. We are contributing by reaching out to our world. So that's simply the three C's of Calvary Baptist Mission. To celebrate, connect, and contribute, or to exalt God in worship, grow, Christi grow towards Christian maturity, and reach out to the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what's our vision? Because many of you leave other churches. You see them, but you are seeing a bigger thing. That's why you come here. Vision is what the church sees in the near future. It's to be a vibrant congregation impacting the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why some of you will leave somewhere in Mamprobi. You leave somewhere, Kaswa. Some of you come all the way from uh, uh, the Gihuber's place. Amapokwase. Uh, I mean, you meet very good Baptist churches along the line, but there's a certain vision why you will leave all and keep coming here to serve together. That will be a vibrant congregation impacting the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Three things that I would beg of you to reflect this morning as I share the word of the Lord. What are you giving for God's mission in 2019? What are you giving? Your time, your talent, your gift, your treasure. And secondly, I want to remind you as you reflect on this word, all that is not given is lost. All that is not given is lost. I will share a couple of stories with you as I go into it. And where is your treasure right now? Exactly a week today, there was a plane that was moving just from Ethiopia to Nairobi, Africa. I mean, you can say that distance is kind of short not moving from one continent to another. And Sunday morning, very early hours in the morning, six minutes after takeoff, over 150 people on the plane crashed and not one survivor. At that time, the degrees, some of them, in fact, I had a story of a couple who had just gone to take their graduation certificate. They, they schooled in London and they came, so it was a transit to Nairobi left their 10-month or 8-month-old baby at home in Nairobi, gone for graduation, coming with a certificate, now to work with it, crashed and gone. I mean, if you think about it, in the light of the gospel, you begin to ask questions. 
But then there are answers in scripture. Where is your treasure? If your treasure was in that certificate, now it's gone and you are gone. All is lost. But today, we're going to think about God's word in such a way that even if you should die unexpectedly, you'll be certain of where you are going and your treasure will be ahead of you. Amen. Amen. Because this life is too short. And so let me talk about uh, a, a lady this morning. You know, when we talk about generosity and giving it to good causes, to mission and others, sometimes we think of the wealthy like Bill Gates and the others. But this morning, I wanted to think about a lady called Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot, you know, joined a team of missionaries to serve in Ecuador a few years ago, maybe about five decades in the 50s. But then he had a friend, they were going out from Wheaton College, and I went, when you, I went to school there, and I saw some of their images and things to which they wrote when they were in school, and the kind of passion to which they carried. And so they went on the mission field, but whilst in Ecuador, Jim felt they married and had, I think, a baby, 10 months old, and around the time, she had a tap in her heart, compelling to reach out to these people in the Oka. It's a certain group of Indians. So they've been using their resources to put some tracts and some food out to the people, warming up to be able to go and connect with them. Long story short, they went there, tried to reach out to these people, and they had a way to communicate back to the base, you know, through some signals at a time. And for hours, they were not hearing. Lisbeth was not hearing from Jim and the four other missionaries. And it took some time. A day, two days, and then they started feeling uncomfortable, so they sent a search party to look for them. And to their surprise, they found bodies, young white bodies in their late 20s, floating on the Oka River. The long story short again is that Jim has been killed by a spear by one of the Oka people. And you would think that for a young woman who is married to his college sweetheart, died in mission field, he will run back, or sorry, she will run back to the U.S. and perhaps nurse her pains and wounds and have some time to grieve. She stayed until the door was open. And when the door was open, she rushed to the village. Some would think to look for revenge or perhaps to find a way to settle score with the people. No! Lisbeth went there to work with the people, serve them for two years with the Ockham people until many of them gladly accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. This story is available online and for many other books that have referred to Jim Elliot's story. And Lisbeth continued serving these people until two. Out of the seven people who killed the husband, gave their life to the Lord. That is, amen. That is a heart of generosity. A life that is fully given out. I want to talk about that kind of life a bit today. So this is what Jim, the husband who died, young man who died, wrote before he died. And one of the reasons why they went on the mission field. He says, can we all read it together? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. I want you to think about that for a moment. You are not a fool when you give what you cannot keep. When you give your house, when you give your time. You cannot keep. When you give your money, you cannot keep. That we will build Calvary Baptist Church. That we will do mission work. We will plant more churches. When you give your money, you cannot keep to help others pay school fees, meet other needs in the community, do act of generosity. You are no fool. Because you know you can't keep it. 
Once a while we get to bury people. Last Friday we bury an old lady. And I know at 90 years she's lived a good life. But she's still not carrying anything away. So you could die in the plane a week ago. Or you could die a normal death. And still you cannot carry anything away. And that is where the big topic comes. So I will deal with my four P's I always do. What is? That's the proposition. Why? Should we give to mission? I call that the purpose of, of, of generosity or purpose of giving. And how do we give or what to give? I call that the proposition. And then I will talk about the last P, the product, the outcome of when we give to mission, what happens to us. Amen. So let's start with my proposition. What is mission? What is God's mission? So there are a few words you will hear sometimes from people who have gone to do Bible studies, further studies. One is imagode, the image of God. And almost everybody studies about it. And you have to study also about the missio dei. Today I'll talk about the missio dei. It's a Latin word that describes God's activity in the world through the redemptive work of Christ to bring the kingdom shalom, the kingdom, to over his creation. That's a broad subject. I mean, we take a whole semester, some we take a year. I know some even can do a further study into PhD. It's a very broad subject. But today we're going to narrow it a little bit to our discussion. So think big about it. What is God doing in our world today? In the way that brings God's redemptive work of Christ to the people around us. You know, sometimes you come to church and you feel like, when I come to church and sing in the choir, it is very sacred. But when I go over and I'm working as a kinky seller, it is secular. And for that reason, you think that it's okay to use sebio water from the gutter to cook the kinky for me to buy and eat. Sometimes you think that it is secular, okay, to sit in that office and provide a smiling service to the customers that come. So you have squeezed your face as if it's been baptized into lemon juice. Because you are having a quiet time and you are reading the Bible, you don't want to smile to the people. In the morning hours you are supposed to receive people, you have gone to a secular work and you want to bring your spirituality to the bear. And for that reason, people don't even have the right to ask you, please, can I see the manager? Is that what is your business here? But you had forgotten that you are a missionary to that office. When we say the mission, we say mission does not evolve, you know, from us. In fact, this is what one of the theologians I read under. He was actually lived a lot in South Africa, a Scottish uh, uh, missionologist, David Bosch. And one of his powerful books is Transforming Missions. He wrote a lot of work, but this is one of them, Paradigm Shift in Theology. I use this particular book. One of the statements he made is that it cannot be denied that the mission of God, what we call the Mission Day, has helped to articulate the conviction that neither the church nor any other human agent can ever be considered the author or the bearer of mission. So mission is primarily and ultimately the work of the Trinitarian God. The creator, the redeemer, the sanctifier for the sake of the world. So I'm breaking it down now. A big subject, I'm narrowing it down. I said, no one starts mission. In fact, the church has no mission. We participate in the mission of God. Are you hearing me? 
And everyone God calls. So this is why we say God is a missionary God. He is a sending God who sends his son. And the father and the son send the Holy Spirit. And the father, son, and the Holy Spirit is sending you. That is to say go to the world. That act of going is not just about only those who go to preach the gospel. It is about preaching the gospel and bringing the kingdom shalom. So if we're a doctor and the service you provide, you think of it as a mission of God of bringing a foretaste of healing because in God's kingdom, there will not be sickness and disease. So every doctor under God is providing a kingdom foretaste of what it means to live in the kingdom by helping people to get well. Are you hearing me? In the kingdom, there will not be hunger. So anybody who is cooking in food, you are providing a service for the kingdom. In the kingdom, there will not be legalities for people to be given bad justice. So every lawyer who is looking into bringing justice, it is participating in God's mission. Am I communicating with you? So that God's kingdom will come over the entire cosmos, over the entire creation. When a family life pastor is helping you fix your family, he's telling you that in God's kingdom, even the snake can dwell with children. The lion and the leopard can live together. And so even, even your spouse is like a lion and you are like the leopard or you are just like an antelope. You can live together in the same house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because in kingdom, there is peace. There is shalom. That's what the kingdom is all about. So when Jesus came, he says, I came to talk about the kingdom. And John the Baptist says, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus said, for the kingdom is within you. Anytime we speak of the kingdom and the kingdom reign comes over a people. And so we said, we proclaim Christ that you may believe in Christ and be reconciled to God and be part of his kingdom. The kingdom has come. And that is the big mission of God. Are we on the same page? Or I lost you. I have done one semester course in five minutes. <laughs> this is really what it's all about. So this is what Leslie says. It's, it's all, they, are, they are good thoughts on when it comes to mission. These are two references I'm giving you. And some of you just take the name, you type it in your Google. You get a lot of information about this, okay? So you begin to practicalize this. This is what Leslie says. The mission is seen as a movement from God to the world. The church is viewed as an instrument for that mission. In this view, the whole purpose of the church is to support the mission day. And the church structures exist in order to serve the community in mission. I want to challenge you this morning to ask questions. What are you doing as part of the church? What are you doing as an individual to help the church, to help you to participate in God's mission? That's a big question. So when you're coming to church, you are not doing the pastor a favor. When you are coming to church, you are not thinking about only what you can get. In fact, you are coming to church to participate in what God is already doing. When you go on mission, God is already at work among the people. Even if you think there is no God there, God was there before you showed up. Are you hearing me? At the office, when you are leaving to go, will you thank God for Monday morning for the opportunity it provides for you to go on mission as a secretary, as an engineer, as a cook, as a caterer, as a farmer, as somebody who works with Zoom Lion and you clean because in the kingdom there won't be filth, there won't be sickness. And for that reason, when you are providing a good service in the community by clearing the booths, you are participating in God's mission. 
That is why the bowler cannot sit for one week and think that the work of doing a Zoom lion is a lesser job, it's a secular job. Therefore, I would rather spend more time in prayer but doing what I have to do. It's a church on mission. And we are about starting 30 days fasting. Please get me right. We cannot fast while we are unjust. We cannot fast while we are not doing our work well. I'm calling on the church to fast. Who understands that there is a mission of God while we fast. That God's kingdom will be superimposed in the kingdoms of the world. Am I communicating? So that is about it. So you say, what has it to do with 1 Timothy chapter 6? What is the mission of God you find in 1 Timothy chapter 6? If you start to read the summary in three points. It says, flee from the love of money. But as for you, oh Timothy, as for you, pursue, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Defend the eternal life. Promise for the people in the kingdom. I charge you to command the rich among you. I charge you to command your hearers about the kingdom of God. That, that is what the Timothy talks about. He said, there are some who have kept among you who think that by becoming Christian means that they will not serve their masters. When they go to work, they will pretend to work because their master is pretending to pay them. There are some among you who think that by coming to work, coming to church and become Christians, they will no longer serve at home. They will not clean the dishes again because now they are filled with the Holy Ghost and tongue talker. They are demon chasers. And for that reason, they don't do minor jobs anymore. They are husbands who think that by reason of all becoming Christians, they don't have responsibility towards their children anymore. Everything has changed. Pa Papa, can I have a permission to walk small down here? Thank you, sir. I, I want to preach to a church. And I'll finish soon. I don't preach for long. Please, listen to me. Timothy started, if you look at the whole chapter of 6, and he says, look, what good is it if now you have become a Christian and your fellow master is a Christian, that you won't serve him? What, why are we trying to discredit the mission of God? Because the mission of God is not just what we do in church. It's also what we do when we go to the workplace. Oh, I wish the church in Ghana would hear this. Because how can a nation have 70% Christians or even less or more? And yet everything goes wrong with the nation. We are quick to point out to the people who do not know our God. Are you with me? So when we are talking about the mission of God, we want you to see that there is a big purpose. So why must you give to the mission of God? Number one, giving is the highest form of living. Giving is what? The highest form of living. John Maxwell said that, but that is not enough. In verse 6 of 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says that it is hard for a person to be generous when he's not satisfied with what he has. Generosity rises out of contentment and then doesn't come with acquiring more. Many of you think you don't have enough to give to church. Many of you think it's not, you don't have even enough to take care of yourself, let alone to pay somebody's school fees. Many of you think that you don't have enough to do good to others. I came to let you know, the Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. What at all did you bring to this world? And what shall we take out of this world? Why do we give? We give because when you give, Something leaves you. That something is called greed. It leaves you. Anybody who struggles to give because he wants to hold is suffering from what the Bible talks about as covetousness, as greed. And sometimes Christians are greedy and they don't know. Every day, Lord, give me. Oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, my children. And one day, say, oh, there's a mission out there. Oh, Lord, will you send people there? You know, as for me and my family, we still need your blessings. That is why we give. Oh, can you go on, preacher? You see, no, we stand on. It's a, it's a way to put your hope in God. 
who richly provides us with everything. That is why we give. Anytime you give, you are reaffirming that God provides your need. That is why you can give. People who don't give, people who don't bring tithe, people who struggle to support anything we do in church are saying that God is not good enough to provide for them. He said, command them. Bible didn't say we should suggest to you. In this church, from senior pastor to pastor, we suggest, we plead, oh, we are building chassis. Will you please be kind to give us? The back, no. Preacher, can you project verse 17 for me? I may be just ending here. Maybe today I won't do the four piece. Listen. Command those who are rich. Command. I don't know how best to see. Maybe the soldiers can explain to us. There are military people here. They command a lot. Pastors, we don't know how to command. Especially Baptist pastors. Pastor, what has it taken? When I was working hard, where was he? No, the Bible said we should command you, those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, not to put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides. What do you have that you do not receive? Tell me. And what have you received that makes you better than the others? There were people in the plane on last Sunday. Some of them... Their degrees they carry, I don't think any of us. Mama, now KBB. UN top officials, some of us, we would never even get a job in UN. They are gone. Some had gone for, they were going for certificate for jobs they have done. Look, command them. Because wealth is so uncertain. Life is so uncertain. In this world, we are just passing through. Some of us behave like we will stay for 999 years. Even Methuselah. Who say that life is short? Methuselah. Are you with me? This is the purpose why we preach to you. It's a way to lay up treasure for the coming age. Look, you cannot carry your money with you, literally, but you can send it ahead of you. Let me show you how. When you are faithful in giving, when you are faithful in supporting the mission of God, and I will explain further to the church to your country, to the things that you do, and you have that understanding, you are laying up treasure. Dickin, we are laying up treasure for the next world. Except you are not ready for the next world. But anybody who thinks of eternity, you think of putting something aside. Just like when you are working, you put something aside for pension. In our own life, we will go to eternity. Eternity is longer than pension. Some of us, if we are fortunate, we will live 30 years after pension. Some 40 years, but I bet you, you won't live forever after pension. So why don't you think of the next life? And some of us, the truth is that we might not. We might not make it to pension. Or maybe you haven't seen, but I've seen 30-year-old people die. I've seen 55-year-old people die. I saw a man died in this. I think it was 59. The man was like one year. Was it last year or something? Just to the pension. Life is short. The best form of eternal investment is what you cannot keep, but you give. He is no fool. Who gives what he cannot keep so that he can gain what he cannot lose? You cannot lose eternal life. So there was a rich young ruler. We will not read that, but the references are there. Luke chapter 18, 18 to 30. Digging, he came to Jesus. He says, Teacher, good teacher. And Jesus said, How do you call me good? Only God is good. And Jesus said, What do you want? He says, I want eternal life. He says, ah, but obey the command. He says, Since I was a boy, I've obeyed all the commandments. Can you project Luke? 18 verse 22 or 23 but Jesus says something this is where mama said dwells on he looks to him he says mama only one thing only one thing is needful only one thing Jesus said you still lack one thing this morning the Lord sent me to tell you you still lack one thing you come to church you give tight you are fasting 30 days you will do that but you lack one thing 
What is that one thing? When I look into that test, Jesus told him to go sell everything he had. I said, how? Jesus, how do you tell a man to sell everything just because eternal life is free? Why do I have to sell? And this is what I heard from the scripture. It says, whatever the man had was blinding him from seeing the eternal life. Because he left there, he was so sorrowful because he was so rich. And so Jesus said, it is even hard for the rich to enter to the kingdom of God. Wealth is not evil. Having more money is not wrong. But if your wealth begins to blind you, if your car begins to blind you, if the house you are building begins to blind you and makes you not able to put God's work ahead of you, put God's kingdom ahead of you, to think of the busy day and begin to think of what you can do for God and his people. I'm telling you, God said, go sell that house. Go sell that car. Go sell that shoe. Some of you have too many shoes that you can pack and yet you keep buying shoes. Yet there is a child in this neighborhood who has not even one shoe. Kingdom of God. Go into your closet. Pack all those shoes and give out. Maybe some of you, that's all you need to do to have eternal life. That's all you need to do to have the peace of God. And so he says, why, how, what? We give our lives. We give our time. We give our talent. We give our treasure. But you see, the attitude God is looking for. How many of you think you are owners of your life? No, you don't think so, but sometimes that's how we behave. We don't think so, but that is how we behave with our money. We think we own the money. We, we work hard. We work hard and we make the money. What is the pastor talking about? I choose to give my tithe when I want. When I was working at 5 a.m., where was my pastor? Was he not sleeping? Yeah, we start to talk like that. Hey, you know how hard it is to make money in this economy. That you're asking me to bring all. <laughs> you don't own your life. You're a steward. You're a manager. You are, you are managing it for a time. One of these days, whatever you don't give will be lost. Whatever you don't give will be what? Will be lost. It will be lost. And how painful it is. Bible said we must give out of love. Because the love of God compels us that others will come to know him. Because the love of God compels us that others will be attended to. Because the love of God compels us as a church to provide welfare. Sometimes you look at the offering you bring to church. You know you can't give it to your driver. Some of you, you know, but it's church. That one is church. No way you two cities, the way God has blessed you. Where you two, two cities, I get fees. The kids can tell you some of the money they count. As if it was not coming to church. You bring the chicken change to church. Because for church, why should they take our money? I know those people didn't come to church today. Amen. And that everyone here, you are different. You love the Lord. You bring your tithe on time. You even pay more than the tithe because you know that God gives you everything. Amen. Amen. So I came to talk to the right church. Hallelujah. Can we finish this? What are the outcomes when we give? What are the outcomes? Oh, but this is a little caution about money. This one is just for you to re re reflect more. It says that if you focus on making it, you are materialistic. If you try but you don't make any, you are a loser. That's money. Those of you like money, eh? These are the things they talk about you. If you make a lot and keep it, they say you are a miser. If you make it and spend it, they say you are a spendthrift. Okay? And if you, if you don't care about making it, they say you are not ambitious. And if you make a lot and still have it when you die, they say, oh, I quite did with Jimmy. You are a fool. You are trying to take his money with him. You know, sometimes the people who hoard, there was a man, I'll leave on name, had so many cars and things. By the time he died, uh, I almost conscious, in somewhere in Accra, we saw the cars rotten. Because family fought over it till there was nothing to retrieve. Who should have what? 
Are you hearing me? Solomon said, I don't know who will inherit me. Whether the person is a fool or is wise. After I've worked hard. Some of you, it is time to look into your will and say one of the house must come for the church. One of the house must go into mission and support Bible society. Support some Christian ministry. Support some school. Support something that is beyond us. Begin to look and revise your will. Because everything that is not given is lost. And some of you, if you live too much for the children, they will fight, be lazy, and still will die broke. Because they don't know how hard you have worked. Give them education. And let them look for their own money and build their houses. Don't build a third house for your child. Give it to somebody. Give it to a child. Give it, give it, give it. Can we finish this? My last P, outcome. Is how do we give? What do we give? And what are the outcomes? It draws our heart towards Christ and his kingdom. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Number two, you become partners for God's mission. I'm ending. And you will know that when you become a partner to God's kingdom, you don't struggle because you feel you are part of what is happening. Anybody who still struggles to bring tight, that you need a pastor to call you and encourage you to bring your tight. You are not yet a partner. In fact, let me borrow the words of the president. You are a spectator in the church. You are not yet a citizen. There are politicians who are still spectators. The way they steal our money. They, they, they are not citizens. Amen? Become partners for God's mission. Conforming us to the nature of Christ. That is what 1 Timothy 6, 11 was saying. And just the very act of letting go some treasure does something within you. It makes you content. It makes you content with the little you have. It enables you to invest treasures in the world to come. So what should be your response today after you heard this message? All that is not given is lost. Take note. So what are you currently losing by holding on to it? The church needs money to finish. The church needs money for welfare. Welfare issues. The welfare committee will tell you we are always overwhelmed. From school fees to medical bills. Sometimes you say, yes, I've given my tithe. I like that young rich ruler. I have paid my tithe. I have given my Wednesday offering. My seed sowing. My offering. But I still have some more. Pastor, I think this 10000 that I receive, God wants me to give to the welfare. God wants me to give to support somebody. God wa- and sometimes there are children here. You know them. Sometimes you see them. The library project, the community project. There are many things God is entrusting wealth to you. So what's your response? Number one, give something away for the mission of God. Find out what kind of hold your possessions have on you. If there is anything that perhaps, if it goes away, I was telling the uh, chassis church, I said, some of you don't know how wealth or money is uncertain. If you want to ask how uncertain in this our age, ask those who put their money into men's gold. Maybe you didn't, you don't know, but ask. Good money. Some soldiers who went for peacekeeping brought some good money. They put it into money. That's how money uncertain. And after a month, they can't find any of the money. They go to the office, nothing is happening. That's how uncertain money can be. If you ask them to bring even 10%, they say, ah, sorry. But you see, my point I'm making here is this. If the money takes hold on of you, you are just like the rich young ruler. It's difficult to see the eternal life God has provided for you. It's difficult for you to see the life after death. Number two. Number two. Put your resources to work. What do I mean? 
If you know someone with a vision to do something really great, something positively, that will impact lives. That will bring the mission of God to that area of need. Perhaps it will empower some young people. Talk to the credit union. I have some money. I want to put it away for small business status in the church to go and assess it. I am not a money person, so manage it for me. When they assess, they should bring back the money so others can benefit from it. That is how some of us benefited from scholarship. Some people came together and put monies together. Many of them are dead and the money keeps revolving. So they invest the money. The dividend that comes every year, they sponsor 10 to 20 African leaders to go to study. And I'm praying that in this church, we start to put some, we call them revolving funds. Monies that are put away for the purpose of the things of God. That every year, perhaps, all the dividend that comes will help plant a church or will help start a ministry or will help meet scholarship and welfare needs of the church. So the church doesn't feel stressed. And some of us can do it. Because you are thinking, what do I do with this extra money coming to me? I'm giving you free ideas. Free consultancy. Amen? Where you will know that you are doing something beyond you. Find someone to mentor. Find a cause to believe in. That is how the kingdom is. This uh, morning, I bring my message to an end. And I'm talking about giving for God's mission. If you are not part of God's mission, telling you about these things my sound very far-fetched but if, if you are saved into the kingdom god has enrolled you into his kingdom to be part of his mission and never say you don't have anything to give sometimes all you have is your time all you have is a talent it's an idea sometimes all you have is your heart to serve and god is looking for it so whether we have money or not we can give towards god's mission Sometimes it's just a smile you put up receiving people into God's house or going on mission and praying for missionaries. Giving to mission. Let's not limit it to money. Let's not limit it to what we don't have. We usually say if we have, we will give. I'm talking about what you have, not what you don't have. God will never ask you to give what you don't have. No, he will not. I know some pastors will ask you to give what you don't have, but God never does that. He only asks you what you have. So he asks Moses, what do you have in your hands? He asked a small boy with a lunch, two fish and five loaves. What do you have? I'm asking you, what do you have? And here in the church, what, what do we ask? What do you have? You have an offering, you have a tithe, you have a song. You have a time for choir rehearsal. So this time you come for choir rehearsal, you are not doing antiquity favor. No, 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 no. You are partners to God's kingdom. And it's a privilege to sing in the choir. Because you are partnering with God to bring kingdom salon. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is not a joke. It, I know some of you, the sacrifices you make to, to do the choir. But know that the sacrifices you are laying for yourself, treasure. Every time you take that trotron money and it's your last money. And you are coming with rehearsal. Know that money is an investment into the kingdom. Because you are laying up treasure. Some of you, your five city here on this earth. In the heavenlies. It will amount to something money cannot even buy. So it is not... An accident when you are doing a counseling and follow-up. Every auxiliary in this church. And if you don't belong to an auxiliary, I feel you are not a partner to the kingdom. You are just showing up in church, enjoying good music, giving an offering. You are just like the rich young ruler. I have obeyed all the commands. I have come to church. But there is one thing you lack. Shall we bow our heads? What is the one thing you lack? Maybe that your one thing is to join an auxiliary this year. What is the one thing you lack is to give your heart to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe your one thing you lack is to go beyond the Titan offering and say that my retirement money, I am actually going to give part away. 
though I have given tight on it for the last 40 years, I still want to give part away to the church, to a cause, to some justice, to a health facility, to something to be done to bring kingdom of God to our world. Will you talk with God right now as we end this message? As we sing this song, you are here, you haven't made a commitment to follow Jesus. There is one thing you lack. It's a relationship with God. One thing. Jesus told Martha, 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 you worry about many things. But only one thing is needful. One thing. Mary has chosen that and it will not be taken away. Will you choose that today? You may stand wherever you are, outside the auditorium. We would love to pray with you. mission mission just been sent the God who sends the God who calls he sent Jesus he sent the disciple he sends us maybe you are here he said Lord here I am send me the Lord can send you only when you have a relationship with him will you stand will you ask us to pray with you that Jesus becomes your personal Lord and Savior that God can send you on a mission if you are